Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is Champaign County Board Candidate Jordan Humphrey. Good afternoon, Jordan. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. It's great to be here. You were born and raised in Champaign, like many of us do. You went away for college. You came back to town. I say that Urbana made me an activist. Do you credit Centennial or this town with yours? Absolutely. So when I was at Centennial High School, I served as the captain for their speech team and, and was in their drama department. And that was a very diverse and tolerant group of students. And like I would go to these tournaments every week and and hear performances by people my age talking about racism, talking about gun violence, talking about sexual assault. And it was really eye-opening, especially for someone who would otherwise not have had the chance to see things from every perspective. So there was the Shiite Muslim student whose piece was called, My Name Causes National Security Alerts. What is yours cause? And getting to hear from her perspective in these years that the Iraq war was going on, Hearing her say, you know, this is what it's like to be a Muslim in this country really kind of floored me. And those experiences happened all the time while I was there. Wouldn't you say that this town is great for diversity? It really is, um, especially in high school where we had a large contingent of uh, um, Asian Americans there that were in the orchestra scene that I was in. And we had a a really great diversity of opinions and, and thoughts And growing up, I've come to appreciate that that came from the university before I just thought everywhere was like that. You mentioned speech communication. Okay, I was on the speech team too, but you took it to college as well. And you served on the board of trustees as a student elected member at Parkland College. Was that the first sort of political office that you held? It really was. When I went to college, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be an English major or I'm going to do teaching. But when I got to Parkland College, I had a really good group of friends there. We called ourselves the Nook at Parkland. And they were getting kicked out of their space a lot because of just space confines and and noise levels. And everybody was worried about this new construction they were planning at Parkland. And they got together and they said, what we need is somebody to talk to the board and, and communicate with them that we need spaces for the students to relax and be a community. And unbeknownst to me, they passed around this petition, got a bunch of signatures, and then they had me sign it, and I didn't think anything of it until they said, by the way, you're running for student trustee. And I, and I went, what? This is, yeah, you're running. I said, is that a question? They're like, no, you're, you're going to do this. And I enjoyed it. Like, I managed to win that election, and I served on the board during what was probably one of the most contentious times to be on that board because of just budgetary constraints and the state not paying its due. And we got to have a lot of good discussions on how community colleges in this state are moving forward. And that really engaged an interest in me in policy and political science And when I finally decided where I was going to go for my bachelor's degree, that really informed my decision to go into political science and to head to Springfield. You attended University of Illinois at Springfield, and while you were there, you interned with AFSCME Council 31's legislative team at the Capitol. How important was your work here, and what was the overwhelming message you received from that internship? It was amazing. Um, The director there was probably one of the most biggest influences of my life. And this was a time when Pat Quinn was governor, when... Unions were not very happy, to say the least, and there was a lot of uh, protesting going on. There was a lot of animosity and a lot of dialogue about how unions were going to go forward. And the thing that I learned the most is that as unions, we had to pick and choose our allies and we had to pick and choose our fights. And it was really revealing to be in the rotunda in Springfield, standing next to a conservative powerhouse like Sam McCann, (laughs) 
and to be like, he's on my side for this. And at the same time, have moments where we were, you know, protesting the governor or doing direct action to persuade people that these bills that were harming workers were no good. And that really informed later my sense of, of dignity and how I approach politics. How do you pick which candidates to focus on? There are a lot of them that need attention from people with energy like you, but how do you pick which ones? I always try to go for the more progressive candidate, but that can mean a lot of different things when you're downstate Illinois. There are some really great progressive candidates who are a little more pro-gun than nationally we're probably comfortable with. There are progressive candidates who who tick off all the boxes, but for some reason or other, they anger local progressives because they're pro-nuclear power. And I've seen that over my career, just one or two things that are different about each one. So I always try and draw the line at saying, is this person pro-LGBT? Do they defend at-risk and disadvantaged communities? If they're the kind of person that would demonize um, an at-risk person, demonize a minority or demonize a refugee, then I probably don't want to spend any time working for them. But if I see that their heart is in the right place and they're there to help people and lift people up, then I'm probably willing to spend some time and effort. Let's go back to the fact that you want to run for county board. Based on everything you've been doing up to this point, you say you seek to serve the community that helped raise you. As a county board member, how do you see doing that? So I I really see my greatest role on the county board as being somebody who can advocate for protecting at-risk and disadvantaged communities, whether that means the homeless or our extremely diverse minority community, or even those with mental health or developmental disabilities. We have some really important decisions to make in our county's future about how we pay for this ramp up in facilities cost and the ramp up in personnel costs. And part of that debate can easily start targeting the communities that I want to protect. When you think about our yearly budget, think of it as a giant Jenga tower. It's it's okay to move a block here or there, but not every block you take away can be replaced. And if you remove the wrong block at the wrong time, the whole thing collapses and some people could suffer. So I really want to be a part of that discussion to make sure that when we rise, we do it by lifting others up. Some of the work that you do and that you volunteer with the Cunningham Township Supervisor's Office, you work for Developmental Services Center. This is such exhausting work. What's the hardest part about that job? You really have to maintain a good degree of mental health um, to serve in the way that I try to. Empathy fatigue is a real thing. It's very easy to get down and be like, I'm not making a difference. You can't really win every fight and you can't save every person, but I really try and focus on the victories. These points where my effort actually made a difference in at least somebody's life. At Township, uh, the work that I'm doing there, my focus is mostly on housing, helping individuals find affordable and subsidized housing opportunities. And many of those individuals get to lead full and happy lives because they were given help right when they needed it. And at DSC, I help individuals with developmental disabilities in a residential setting. They're great people who are out there living their best lives, going to concerts, relationships, working jobs, but they still need that support at home. And it's extremely gratifying work. So I always try and hold those, those memories dear to me and, and use them to motivate me because those are the people that you get to help if you're willing to put in the time and effort. So when you drive down Green Street and you drive around certain parts of the city, apartments are popping up everywhere. So what you're saying is affordable housing. People don't have access to affordable housing. Yes. So we see a lot of these luxury apartments that are going up, which can be fine in certain contexts. 
a lot of our, our out-of-state and Chicago and, and international students love them. But what happens if you're, if you're local and you have to pay that $1,500 rent year after year? Well, not very many people can afford that. And so a lot of my work has been focused on, on looking at those circumstances, looking at subsidized housing, and seeing how we can expand that for individuals who, who live here. The reach has been more towards independence, letting them function as adult independents who are able to work really normal jobs and react with people in a normal setting. Some of our people are working at the mall, they're working at different restaurants, they're, they're out in the professional community, and they're living their best life. And that's really gratifying. Jordan, let's pivot to gun control right now. I know gun violence hits close to home for you. You had someone gunned down around the corner from your house as a teenager. I am so sick of the Republicans offering thoughts and prayers. What can we do in order to get gun control to be heard? There's this empowering notion I, I like to call power through praxis that helps me focus my activism and advocacy. It's the belief that no matter how negative things get, no matter how much vitriol and hate you, you read online or you hear on the news, the impact of your good is greater than the impact of their hate. So, For instance, in the time it takes the NRA to write one advertisement, you've just called 100 voters and convinced them to contact their lawmakers. In the time it takes uh, them to write one hateful Facebook post, you've knocked on 10 more doors and convinced those people to register to vote. And if you're not acting alone, if you stand with others who are fighting for the same cause, you're talking thousands of calls, thousands of doors, and there's nothing they can do to stop you from fighting for what you believe in. There's a good dignity in that, and there's hope in that. If anyone listening is interested in getting involved, especially with the uh, gun rights and gun control debate, I would urge you to join a group called Moms Demand Action. They're doing some amazing advocacy here locally. They have meetings just about every month at the Champaign Library, and, and they are all about convincing state and national lawmakers to act on meaningful gun legislation. I would say that people involved in common sense gun reform and Moms Demand Action is one of the fantastic groups that does this. They don't deny that it, part of it is a mental health issue, but it's more about the access to guns. Are we doing enough as a community to address the mental health component of this? I think we're doing better. Um, I've seen a lot of great progress in terms of work that like Rosecrans is doing and other organizations are doing to kind of address the mental health aspect of it. Beyond just mental health, though, especially for us locally, our gun crimes aren't necessarily just about mental health. They're about poverty. They're about access to education and access to mental health facilities and, and health care. And I always like to use the example of if you're living in your right mind with a nice house and a good job and you have everything to fight for, you're not going to commit a, a violent gun crime. And I think Looking at those systemic causes of gun violence in our community is a great way to start approaching it beyond just the wonderful debate about gun control that we're having. So in this community, you and I have talked about gun control. We haven't touched on the senior population and the nursing home and the jail because those are very complex issues. But when you are elected to the county board, and I say when, not if... <laughs> Which issues are going to be the highest priority for you right off the bat? It's really hard to, to pick just one. I'm a really big fan of throwing the kitchen sink at problems. And so if, if I can tackle as many things as I can at once, I will. But I really say think that 
the dialogue we're about to have over our budget and over the cost of our facilities deteriorating and the cost of uh, wages increase, especially with you know $15 an hour coming up in the coming years, I really want to make sure that we're always focusing on helping people and lifting people up and making sure that the policies we passed on the county board level protect at-risk and disadvantaged communities, protect our minorities, and protect the communities that we sometimes overlook. I'm really concerned going forward that the first debate topic that's going to be up is, okay, well, we saw how this happened with the nursing home, so how about we turn our attention on this particular service and how we can cut this service, and that doesn't do justice to the people that we're trying to help. We have a primary coming up in the spring, and it is St. Patrick's Day, and I'm not going to ask you who you support or who you endorse, but this is important. I know we say every election is important, but I feel like 2020 is the most important one coming up. Tell me a little bit about what's on the horizon. So we have a really interesting primary coming up. Obviously, people are going to be looking at the presidential race um, and, and it's on the Democratic side and probably even on the Republican side. But here locally, we have a an open circuit clerk position. Susan McGrath and uh, Robert Burkhalter are both running for that on the Democratic side. And on the Democratic side as well, for circuit judge locally, you may recall Ramona Sullivan ran last cycle for a large circuit position, and this is now reduced down to just Champaign County for this race. She's running for that, and she has some primary opponents in Ruth Wyman and Troy Lazar. And I've gotten the opportunity to meet all of these candidates. They've all come out to the farmer's market and and been at the Democratic tent and talked to me in depth about what was important to them. And so my hope is that voters will see that openness and willingness to engage with with the public, and they'll be excited about this primary coming up. It's a really rare chance to be able to choose a judge position like this, and it's a very important chance to choose a circuit clerk. A big part of last blue wave was the students on the University of Illinois campus. Are we doing a lot to engage them? Absolutely. There's currently uh, some efforts by a group called Blue Wave, working in partnership with a lot of other groups to kind of promote uh, student voting and to promote canvassing across the entire county. The People's Agenda is also another group that's going to be working there. Uh, Champaign County Voters Alliance is probably going to be out doing a lot of student work. It was really reaffirming to to work so hard on getting the vote out last cycle and then to have such a huge turnout of students voting and voting Democratic, which was great for us. I'm excited about that. News Gazette fans would notice that I wrote an editorial or opinion piece about a year ago um, where people kept writing and saying students shouldn't vote. They don't they don't belong in the ballots here. They, They should be voting back home or they don't know the issues or they don't know the candidates. And I said, Watch them. Watch them vote, because this is going to be the future for this county. Students are engaged more now than they ever have been, and they're going to continue to be. So the party that hedges its bet on students being important is going to be the party that wins. I love what your Facebook page says, Jordan. You said, you quote, deserve a servant for the public good, a tireless advocate for dignity, and a homegrown champion for your values on the county board. What can we do to help you get elected? Well, I'm all about boots on the ground. Um, My favorite phrase that I've brought with me to every campaign I've ever worked on is boots on the ground beat bucks in the bank. I have no intention of spending $10,000 in in a season to to run for office. But what I do love for me and my fellow candidates is to have lots of volunteers. Um, I'm going to be at the farmer's market 
virtually every Saturday for the foreseeable future. And I'm also going to try and be at any public events. This month, uh, the Democrats will be at, uh, we were already at Champaign-Urbana Days, we'll be at the Taste of Champagne, we'll be at the Sweet Corn Festival. And we see that level of public participation going forward as the norm. It's also a great opportunity to uh, recruit more volunteers for things like canvassing and phone banking. I'm a big fan of just sweeping through an entire district and knocking on every door there is and really engaging with voters. And to do that, we need warm bodies and boots on the ground. This is my district. You're running in my district. Can I knock on doors with you? I'm, I'm sort of nervous about doing it on my own, but can I do it with someone else? You or Leah Taylor? Oh, absolutely. And we love taking in new people and showing them the ropes on how to canvas and and engaging door to door. And it's fun, especially in this district. People are very warm. They love seeing you at the door. They love being able to interact with candidates and volunteers. Um, There's nothing more satisfying than opening the door and seeing somebody that you've actually known for quite some time. And they're like, oh, hey, it's great. What are you what are you doing here? And so that's really going to be something that's going to be helpful to my campaign and every other campaign. Something a little personal. Your bio says you've done local theater. Are you a dramatic guy? Do you sing and dance? What's the story there? Oh, gosh. Um, so in high school, I probably did like 30-some shows over the course of four years. I was really into it. I always loved musical theater. I don't know if I was very good at it, but I always, I always really appreciated musical theater. And I also did a lot of regular acting, both at the high school level and in the community theater scene. But that's something that really developed me as a child and made me really confident and appreciate uh, the people around me. All right, I have to ask, who in local, national, or state government draws the most ire from you? I'll start. I hate Mitch McConnell more than I even hate Donald Trump. But who really pisses you off? This is a a shout out to a friend of mine, but a man named Mick Mulvaney, who's the current uh, chief of staff at the White House. Now, when you think about who is most responsible for our current situation and who is doing the most damage, think of the guy that hands the report to President Trump every morning, that hands the newspaper to President Trump every morning and says, you should read this. Now think of him not saying that and think of him avoiding giving him context and avoiding giving him uh, information that would make him give better uh, decisions. And that just infuriates me beyond all reason to think that we actually have people in the current national administration who are intentionally not giving the president the tools he needs to successfully lead because they know he's not going to be able to handle it. Like, that just blows my mind. Is it that position, like John Kelly and all the successors before him? Or is it just the fact that you, Mick Mulvaney looks like somebody that you just want to punch in a bar fight? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I try not to get that angry, but at the same time, it's really hard not to get frustrated and to think, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why do you have to 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 look so smug while you're doing it? <laughs> thank you so much for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, Champaign County Board Candidate Jordan Humphrey. Thank you for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun.